I think that when you have people with different skills, they learn from each other, right? Like I know that I have different designers here that when I walk upstairs and I see the palettes they have out and, you know, the different creativity and different things they're doing, we all learn from each other. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your business? Then welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast, helping home professionals and luxury brands accelerate their success with proven marketing strategies and expert industry practices. Now, here's your host, Darla Powell. Hey there, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, the Grand High Poobah of all things Wingnut, Darla, Jethro, Powell. And today, we're talking about hiring for your interior design firm. Today's podcast is brought to you by Desi Cresswell, the life and business coach for interior designers. Go to DesiCresswell.com to check out her services. And if you're feeling overwhelmed and need help taking control of your day, save hours by downloading her absolutely free Daily Planner, the Get It Done Daily Planner at DesiCresswell.com forward slash daily planner. That's DesiCresswell.com forward slash daily planner. All information in the show notes at wingnutsocial.com. Today we have guest Colleen Bader of Vertical Interior Design on the show. She's going to talk us through making those hires for your interior design firm. Whether it's your first hire or whether you have hired a million interior designers and you're ready to hire one million and one, she has some really amazing insights from a not only just a practical standpoint on who to hire, how to hire, what you want to look for, how you want to pay them, but also some egotistical, psychological, um, philosophical ways to look at these hires that I think you're going to find very interesting. So stay tuned for that interview. But first, y'all know what time it is. It's time for Minute News, Minute News Sesh. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, guess what? On Instagram, this isn't really news so much as it is a feature that you guys might not be familiar with. Do you know that you can filter out comments from the haters because haters are going to hate? Did you know that? Let me show you how to do that. And all this will be in the show notes as well. Okay, so the first thing you want to do is go to your account. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's three little hash marks. We call that the hamburger in the industry. Click on that. Then you're going to click on the menu that pops up. You're going to click on settings. And then you're going to see your options there. You want to check privacy. So once you check privacy, you're going to see the new menu there. It's going to say interactions, comments, tags, mentions. Click on comments. And you'll see it says allow comments from everyone. Allow uh, block comments from X, Y, Z. You can block people there. But also below that, it'll say filters. And there's a little toggle there that says hide offensive comments. And there's even a manual filter on there. If you click that, you can choose which words that are trigger words or something. Maybe you're getting, we've been getting a ton of Bitcoin spam. So I'm going to do that actually. I'm going to go into the manual filter and I'm going to put in Bitcoin (laughs) because those guys are driving me absolutely up the wall. There you go. And I saved it. So anybody that posts on Wingnut Social to spam Bitcoin is going to go straight to the hot place. And I don't know where this <laughs> sends them. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great is if they commented a Bitcoin spammy thing on there that they just kind of went up in flames because of this that I've shown you here on the mini news session. <laughs> um, actually, I guess that wouldn't be so great, but it would be hilarious. <laughs> That's it. Just a quick tip there to block out the haters, the offensive comments. Again, all of this information will be in the show notes at wingnutsocial.com slash podcast. Just go in there and check her out. Man in new sesh. 
Yeah. All right. So let's get into my interview with Colleen Bader. But first, you know, I got to tell you all about her. Colleen Bader's been an interior designer for 25 years. That's longer than I've been alive. <laughs> and she's been primarily focusing on commercial design. But seven years ago, she joined Reiki Office Interiors, a laminate furniture manufacturer, and started Vertical Interior Design. Her focus was on corporate healthcare and hospitality design. In 2018, she designed and built her own home. That sounds amazing. I'm going to Montana next week, actually, to scout out places to do just that. And that gave her the itch to start a residential division of vertical interior design. Now, with the pandemic and the growth of residential and the downturn of corporate, she started that division for the fall of 2020. Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Colleen Bader to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Colleen. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you? I am great. That's great. Well, Colleen, I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Today, we're going to talk about hiring. And, you know, we have had guests on in the past to give our Wingnuts some advice about how to go about hiring for their interior design term. But I don't think we've had, I'm pretty sure that we haven't had actually, an actual interior designer or an owner on the show to talk about their experiences with hiring and putting together a team. And with the boom now which is crazy, right? In the interior design industry, a lot of people are hiring. So I think this is going to be very apropos. So before we get in there, tell us a little bit about your background, um, just very briefly, and then we'll we'll roll into our organic conversation here. Perfect. So I have been an uh, interior designer for about, I guess, 27 years. Those first years, you're kind of a baby designer, I'm sure, but always had a passion for design. Initially went into commercial, so healthcare, corporate, hospitality. So have kind of a wide range of design services. Uh, in the last seven years, I've been more of a leader of our design team at our company, Vertical Interior Design. And, you know, now it's about getting the right people on the team. So that's kind of what, you know, I want to talk to your listeners about, you know, maybe be able to help them a little bit with that. Right. So, you know, there are a lot of um, designers out there, a lot of solopreneurs, a lot of people that have been doing by themselves. And I've talked to quite a few of them that have come into Wingnut for our services. Like, oh, I'm doing it by myself, but I'm getting ready to hire. I'm overwhelmed. We just had Lauren Brown on the show and she's been hiring like crazy. And I'll be honest, full transparency. When I first started four years ago, I hired like six months in and I think I hired too fast. And the person I hired, I made a lot of mistakes for. So let's start off from the very beginning. What is the first thing as interior designers, interior decorators, interior stagers, do we need to think about before we even consider putting someone on the payroll? Because that's a huge responsibility and expense. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we need to make sure we've got the workflow for everyone. But for for us and our team, I try to look at where are our strengths, because we have eight interior designers, um, where are our strengths, and where am I seeing maybe some weaknesses. And we try to target that because weakness, I don't mean in a bad way, it's just that we have different skills. So might be construction management, that's kind of one of, I think, some interior designers some of my extremely talented creative designers don't like that type of work, the construction management piece of it. So that's currently what we're trying to find is some construction management help. Why do you think they don't like it? What is it about that that they don't like? And what kind of person do you look for for that? So we also have this survey that we send out. So if we have an applicant and we'll put out an ad for it, it's called the culture index. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that, but 
what it does, it's, it's probably like 50 questions and it's really a, your natural personality, your tendencies. If you are like detailed or if you are visionary or if you are organizational and it puts you in this, like it puts these dots and helps us know, okay, right now I need a really detailed person. So some of my extremely creative people, they can do the detail, but it wears them down. By the end of the day, they're exhausted. Where if they were working 100% creative for eight hours, they leave on a high. So I'm always trying to get people in the right role so that they aren't burnt out at the end of the day. Because I know if I'm working on the detail, detail all day long, I leave here exhausted. That's me. That is 100% me. For sure. I'm I'm more of the creative. If I have to do like the nitty gritty and the emails and the logistics and stuff like that, I I leave like wanting to kill myself. (laughs) Right. No, exactly. That's how I feel too. And actually the owner of our company is the one that really brought this and has driven this culture index into our culture here. And this is how we hire. We hire, we want people to be in a role here that they will be successful in and, you know, find joy in, not just a job. So uh, we start with that survey. I mean, we know what we're looking for, obviously. If I'm looking for a very creative person, then I'm going to create the dots so that I know what I'm looking for. And then once we find, let's say, a few individuals, we actually bring them in. I mean, non-COVID times, maybe you wouldn't, but we bring them in and we have them test us out for half a day. We say, you know, we're going to pay you to come work with our team. Mm -hmm. We want you to see what it's like to work at our company. And we want you to basically interview us as much as we're interviewing you, because the amount of effort you put into a new employee is a lot. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. And you don't want someone to leave in six months. Do you think one day is enough? Do you you ever consider like two days? They can get an idea of what our culture is here and they can get idea of the work and the environment. And, you know, a lot of times that's what keeps people. It's like the people you work with. Our staff is pretty, you know, they're boisterous. They're they're going to say it as it is, and I want them to. I always tell them, you know, let them know what it's going to be like working with you guys and, you know, throw everything at them so they can tell, do, do they really want, is this what they're looking for? Now, let me ask, for that construction management position, would they have to be an interior designer? Would you consider somebody that's not an interior designer, or do you still need that? Absolutely. No. Like, I, I've done some construction management myself, and it wore me down because it's not my, I mean, I I can do it, but it's sometimes hard for me. But no, a lot of times it's either a contractor that now, you know, wants to have more of an office role that's going in and out of job sites, but, you know, doesn't want to do the day-to-day work of what he used to do as a contractor or she used to do as a contractor. Okay, So no, it doesn't necessarily have to be. And, And we're very open to what people's skills are and what their background is. I always say, don't, don't let someone's, you know, what they did in the last five years, if they have the skills for it, check them out. And another thing, I think as human beings, we are very prone to hiring people who who drive with us, who are exactly like us and who have our same skills because we see that commonality in there. So how do we break away from that and say, okay, no, this person has the exact opposite skills, but that is a need. That's exactly, you know, what I have. How is it like if you have the wing that's listening right now who are thinking, geez, I need to hire and I don't even re- really need to start. What kind of self-intake, like self-assessment do they need to do to go through the firm to even determine, you know, what kind of 
what is the word I'm looking for? Audit. Do they need to do to even determine, okay, these are the weaknesses and this is where I need to seek out. This is what I'm looking for. Yeah. I would say, you know, as a team, as long as you have a very open dialogue with your team and you can, or let's say you just have one or two people, maybe it's yourself and you have an assistant. And if you went through and said, doing this task, did it give you energy or did it burn you out? Right. So is it being very detailed and, and writing down all the notes of the job site and, and, putting that in an Excel document, did that give you energy or no? Okay. If it dragged you down, then you know you need to find someone with detail. Not necessarily creative, but you, you know, you need to find somebody that can handle all those all that detail. So kind of analyzing the team you have, thinking about what the weaknesses are or what you guys could use help with, and then looking for just that personality type, which can be hard because I know I tend to like the people that are more like the salespeople, more boisterous. And, and a lot of times that's not what I need, right? <laughs> I might need someone that's going to do that uh, CAD drawing and the ceiling plan and the detail elevations and all of that. So you have to really not just hire because you like them. You know what I like about that approach, Colleen, is you're not discounting the happiness factor, the joy factor, too. If you're a business owner, instead of doing that self-talk and being hard on yourself, say, well, you know, I really don't like this, but I just need to suck it up and do it because I should right. like it, blah, 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 is just taking that factor into account and saying, that doesn't give me joy. I really hate doing it. It's robbing me of this part of the business. I would like to delegate that to someone who does enjoy doing it. And then together, you guys are both happy doing your thing. I think we tend to be hard on ourselves as women, especially, but as business owners and thinking, this is, I should be happy. You know, there's a lot of shouldas. We should on ourselves. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. There's some days I'm like, I should be able to sit here and do this construction Mm -hmm. schedule. Yeah. You know, so we want all of our people to leave at the end of the day, not feeling like they were just beat up because they went through their day and did their job. So if you have the right people in the right spots, that won't happen. You can't discount job satisfaction and happiness. Colleen, you had say here in, in the notes that I have is something I found really interesting. It says, don't limit the potential hires that you have by their design background, by their particular aesthetic or styles. You want them to be open to potentially different kind of styles. Do you think that's more true for larger firms or do you think some of the smaller firms as well should keep an open mind for someone with the diverse aesthetic skills, I guess, for lack of a better way to say that? I mean, you're going to have more opportunity for different types of jobs if you allow your team to be diverse in that way. Mm-hmm. Because on our team, we've got someone that has done residential design for 15 years and then we have someone who's more commercial and did that for 15 years. So you're going to find opportunities out there. We might get like a senior living opportunity because we've got the commercial design side of it along with the residential side. So if I keep my team having, you know, different types of skills and backgrounds, you know, they might not have a full design degree, but yet they've worked in the field for 15 years. So don't discount that. No, no, not at all. I think that when you have people with different skills, they learn from each other, right? Like I know that I have different designers here that when I walk upstairs and I see the palettes they have out and, you know, the different creativity and different things they're doing, we all learn from each other. So I always want to foster that collaboration, never competition. Um, One of them had told me once that the way that they were compensated, it was a very competitive market, like in their firm, because there was, you know, a commission based compensation and 
I never want that for my team. I want them all to be rooting for each other to close this deal and and work on this project and help each other out. What do you think about, and I guess there's two different schools of thought, like when you hire somebody on the design team, how do you guys handle it? Do they get like Susan McNuggets, part of our Darla Powell and design team did this beautiful living room? Do they get like their own like little billing or is it just all Darla Powell interiors or vertical interior design project? You know what I'm saying? How much, how much of the limelight do they get or should they get? Or does that even matter? We are more of a team. I guess we don't do like say that, you know, so-and-so designer on the website did this project. Each designer has the opportunity to do a blog on their project. Oh, nice. So when it's done, they can write blogs and we post those on our website. But really, we are more of a team concept. We don't really want someone here that's looking for some limelight to be like, I, I did this million dollar home and I'm going to take all the credit. Because right. most likely it was a team. When you have projects like that and you have that many people, we're all taking part in it. We're all helping out. So it's really one team creating the design. And now a word from our sponsor, Desi Cresswell, the life and business coach for interior designers, Desi. I'm a horrible procrastinator. I will put things off until the very last minute of which you've experienced personally. How will your get it done daily planner cure me of this disease? The daily planner really helps you make decisions ahead of time and really define what results you want to create in your business. Because when we leave those decisions up to day of planning, that's when it's so easy to just grab your email and take care of those really quick, busy tasks that don't actually move the needle forward in your business. All right, Desi, I get horrible anxiety sometimes when I have a lot of things to do, and that leads to my procrastination. This will help with that? Oh, absolutely. One of the things we need to do is learn to look at what emotion we're trying to avoid by avoiding the task. And once we get comfortable with the discomfort, that's when we can really move forward. Oh, oh my gosh, you just sold me. I am going to download a million of these daily planners. Where do I go to do it? www.desicresswell.com forward slash daily planner. Amazing. www.desicresswell.com forward slash daily planner. Well, also that's different too, because for a vertical interior design, it's not named after somebody in particular. So that makes it easier to have a team thing. I'm guessing if you're, yeah. you are the face of the design firm, it gets a little trickier. I know for me, I just went ahead and said, no, you're designing the space here. You know, you get billing in the space on the blogs. That was just my personal call. But I think, you know what, that was what I had to think about. And this is another thing that you have to think about with hiring. Another thing to take into account is scale. How do you want to scale out your business? And I wanted to get to the point, and if you're out there listening and you're overwhelmed, think about this. I wanted to get to the point to where it wasn't Darla Powell doing all the design work, that people were starting to get used to the hires and used to the faces and dealing with them as point of contact or lead designers. So that's something to think about too. If you, When you are hiring, if, if you do want to delegate you know, some of that out, are they capable of being like a subcategory point? <laughs> <laughs> you know, face, right. little face, a little face on that project. Can they handle yeah. it too? Something to think about. And so let's get to compensation. You did mention that sometimes. I know a lot of design firms have different models for how they pay. You you mentioned the the commission. And I like your approach on you don't want them to be competitive. You want them to be collaborative. You don't want them being against each other. It's really important to make a team effort. So mm-hmm. Human beings, though, being human beings, how do you encourage people on the team 
to sell, to sell. I'm assuming you sell furnishings, you sell product, and there's got to be some kind of motivation there. Because, I, listen, I used to work for the government. <laughs> I got a paycheck whether I went out and arrested people or whether I didn't. So, you know, it's, I think it's human nature to just kind of coast sometimes. So what kind of things do you do internally to help motivate them to produce in that way? Because that is a thing. Yeah, so our designers are on salary. And then we do have like different incentive programs for them throughout the year, you know, based on their sales of their product. So when I first came in, they were on a different program where it was more of a very small base. And then they've got they got bonuses and things as projects were successful. And from what I heard, that was a struggle because they'd be pointing figures. Oh, you ordered that wrong or that went wrong. And that's not me. It was, you know, the, this company or that. And, and that's that really was a struggle for me. So I wanted it to be more of a cohesive. Everybody gets a really nice salary and um, we'll have some incentives along the way. And honestly, it's taken a lot of pressure off of them to be. I, I think they're very happy with the way that this package is, their compensation is, and they can do their job and know that they're getting a great paycheck and get some, you know, fun incentives along the way. And, you know, that seems to have worked for us. So there still is some little bonus. That's good. That's, that's, I used to, I also back in the day before I was a cop, I used to sell uh, cars. I sold Saturns. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember those? I remember those. It was called a spot. If someone came in for the first time and you sold them a car on that first visit, it was called, oh, you spotted them. And then there would be a whole bunch of envelopes taped to the wall with $100 bills or whatever, and you would pull from one and then you would win it. Oh, that's so fun. That was fun. Okay. What do you think about when you're hiring your first employees? I know you guys are hired a billion by now, but some of the people listening that are just thinking about this, doing a 1099 situation where they're a contract employee for a while, trying them out versus putting them on full payroll, doing taxes and all that. Is there any one advantage to one over the other? So actually, we're doing that right now because with this growth spurt, We just brought in three contract employees that we're kind of testing out in that same way because we're not really ready yet to hire more staff, but we want to have the availability to send out another designer if we needed to. So I think it's a great way to test people out. It's more than that day that we normally offer our, you know, employees that are going to hire full time and it helps us while, while we see how this roller coaster ride is going to go for the next six months. You know, (laughs) if it keeps going, then great, we'll hire you all back in. But you don't know, right? It's been such a weird year. That was super smart, too, because this could be, I hope it isn't, because this could be a bubble. You know, it could be a bubble. And then if you're over uh, hiring, you know, instead of putting people on a wait list, then, you know, your clients, I think there's a fine balance there to be considered. And if I had have had some clients say, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm getting a lot of referrals, but I want to juice up my pipeline with my social for when this bubble, quote unquote, pops. <laughs> yeah. And okay. it's hard. You don't want to turn down work, you know, no. especially really great work. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to have the capability to do it without totally stressing out your current staff. So this 1099 is right now what we're working on and it seems to be working for us. Yeah, I, I like that. It, it, it mitigates having to pay state taxes, taxes, insurance, whatever it is you offer. And, you know, of course, they have to pay a little bit more on their end. But it's I think it's a win-win for both of you because it not only protects them, maybe they'll, they hate working with Darla Palantiriers. <laughs> you yeah, know, right. the, it protects you guys. So another yeah. thing that you said in the pre-show, the interview in the notes that I have here is that 
and I think this is so important, is to set your ego aside and don't be afraid of hiring someone who is more talented than you, smarter than you. Case in point, listen, I'm okay. I have a little bit of smarts, but my team at Wingnut, they have master's degrees in marketing. They have so much, they're so much more smarter, so much more educated, so much better talkers, <laughs> you know, than I, I think that's super important. So talk to me a little bit about that, setting that ego aside and how that can help. I think that's really easy for what I've heard is that it's easy for an owner to kind of feel a little scared to hire somebody that's better than them. But I was lucky enough to work for a woman that never felt that way. She always said, let's hire the smartest people and just get out of their way. So that's what we've done here. And I love it now because, you know, I'm not as good at CAD skills and my elevations and and all that. And like I said, then my skills can be used in the way that is best. So let that talent run and let them be creative. And, you know, their computer skills are much better than mine now that I've been in the industry, you know, 20 something years. So, yeah, I think it's important to just push that ego down. And I don't anytime I'm at a client meeting and one of my designers is there and someone comes up to me and thinks that I designed this, I say, oh, no, that was my team. You know, that's the creativity of this team here. I'm just, you know, the salesperson here and, you know, leading them. But it's my team that's doing all this work. I do the same. I had a, a consultation the other day with someone who wants to sign up for a social media strategy. And they're like, okay, well, will we be working with you? And how much of that will be, you know, us working with you? And I'm like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> and this is good. Let me tell you why. Because listen, although I, I know how to do a strategy, I have conceptualized, I even have my wingnut social premium with the first five episodes is how to do a strategy. You do not want me pen to paper making that for you. Yeah. This is why I have my team to do that for you. And trust me when I tell you. <laughs> yeah, you're bet. Yeah. And I try to tell my clients, and a lot of times I'll try to bring the designers with me on that first like call that I, I feel like we're really gonna engage with them. So it's not like I'm just tossing them off. But I say you're you're gonna be much happier with her doing your project than me. <laughs> That's what I did with Darla Palantir's, which since, you know, now is Darla Pal home because I'm focusing everything on Wingnut. But that's what I would say. They're like, well, do we get to work with Darla? Do we get to do this? And, I, and you know, it would be, well, she's got other projects. She's doing Wingnut. And I would say, trust me, she's super talented or he's super yeah. talented. You're, you're in excellent hands. And that was actually really strangely easy. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I know, you feel a little nervous at first, like they're going to be like, but I want to work with you. And you're like, no, you don't really. No, no, you do. <laughs> Colleen, let me ask you, is there anything that we've forgotten to uh, talk about or anything that I forgot to ask you that you think that the audience needs to hear before we get into the What Up Wingnut round? I don't think so. Oh, I know one other quick thing I want to talk about is just offering your team development opportunities. Oh, okay. We're outside Chicago. And so we have the merchandise mart and a lot of times in the merchandise mart, you know, it's a day trip for your team. And a lot of times they'll be like, I, I can't take that time to do it. It's a, time, a day out of my, you know, work day. But when, when they do, my team recently went down to one and they're now opening up those types of things. They came back inspired. Like you can, you get your creativity back, right? When you allow them to just get away do some development for the day, uh, you know, and it, it was great team building. So um, allow that too, because I think that just strengthens your team. 
Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, right. So don't be such a hard ass when you have someone, don't think, oh, they have to put in, you know, 40 hours of sitting behind the desk doing design work. Yeah. That is super important. We used to, as a team, go to Kipps Bay, now it's in West uh, Palm Beach, every year and go to the show, you know, the show house and go through and look at it just a whole day, go get lunch or, or just things like that or go to High Point and travel. Yeah. And I would just let my team go here, go look and see what, you know, what vendors suit the projects we have. Catch you later. I'm going to go do this panel over here. <laughs> Yes, yes. Really, I think doing that every few months, we need to get better at it. I know they recently did it and they just came back all kind of recharged. And I think continuing that. Yeah, well, it's a creative industry. It's it's so super. It's super important to let them, like you said, hire the best, let them shine. And that is part of it. Yeah. That's part of the process of creatives, really. Now, the, pe- the nerds can just stay at the computers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Us creatives need to get out. <laughs> oh, yeah, we really do. All right. Uh, so now I have to ask you, Colleen. Are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? I am. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. What would the hashtag on your tombstone be? It would be loved life. I love it. You're stuck on a deserted island and can have only one favorite food. What is it? Guacamole. I would probably need some chips too, but I could just deal with guacamole. I need it with my fingers. When you say guacamole, <laughs> I'm thinking, what could we get from the island organically to function as chips? <laughs> I know, right. I don't care. I'll just scoop it up. <laughs> Coconut husks. Yeah. <laughs> Last but not least, please recommend a book that has had an impact on you either personally or professionally. So recently, the professional book that we read this fall that we're implementing is called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. Wow. And it is an amazing book. It's about not leading with your ego, really being very self-aware of you know, what you're putting out there. And I know it has really helped me with my team. And who wrote, who wrote that? Do you know? Do you have the Gosh, See, I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> And I don't have Well, if you knew, Colleen. (laughs) I know. I know. You know what? Google is our friend. I'll find it. Colleen, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Please tell the Wingnuts listing where they can find out more about you and more about vertical interior design. So you can check us out at verticalinteriordesign.com or on Instagram, vidlifestyle, V-I-D lifestyle. And, um... That is our Instagram page, and we're really excited about it. And we've got some beautiful project work there. So check us out there. I'm going to follow you right now on Instagram. All right, I'm following you. You've got to follow me back, though. That's the rules. I will. I will. <laughs> Thank you so much. This has really been fun. This has been fun. Thank you so much for joining us, Colleen. You have an amazing week. Thanks. You too. All right. Well, I have to tell you, that was a mistake that I made in hiring my first employees for any of the businesses. I just straight up made them employees. 1099ing in hindsight, I think would have solved a lot of problems. We did go through a couple that were just maybe not a good fit. And I ended up paying extra taxes, extra so-and-so. A lot of mistakes were made. And I did hire too fast, too many, too fast. I scaled too fast. You have to be careful about that, especially right now. I mean, there is a concern. The interior design industry right now is doing really well, but you want to serve the demand at the time, but you also want to be able to project for the future. So 1099 gives you that amazing flexibility. And I I love Colleen's philosophy of not being afraid to hire someone smarter, more talented. I I do that all the time. I mean, it's kind of hard not to. (laughs) But it's so important if you want your company to be larger than you, and especially if you're thinking about scaling it or selling it down the road. Not a bad idea. 
And she mentioned that we've had guests on the show before that have mentioned the personality indexes or the the testing index. The one that she mentioned was the culture index. So that's something you can write down and Google that and see if that can help you determine if they're a good fit for your business and the compensation. You know, still, I like the straight salary. That is what we do here. But I do like the idea of doing some incentives as well, especially if that's going to impact your bottom line. Have you guys checked out Wingnut Premium? Let me tell you, I have gotten such an amazing response to that. That is our Level Up Wingnut Social podcast episodes for members only. Right now, as I'm recording this, we are on episode six. The first five episodes were on building your Instagram strategy. Episode one covered goals and research. Episode two, positioning and value proposition. Episode number three, content pillars and content mix. Episode number four, captions, and episode number five, that elusive bugaboo hashtags. How are you going to manage all that and create a strategy for your interior design business? If you're a DIY kind of designer and you want to dig in, there's tons of value and takeaway in just these five episodes alone. So you can check that out at wingnutpremium.com. Not only do you get members only access to episodes with deep dive audio classes in marketing and business systems and processes for your interior design firm, but you also get a free monthly content scheduling calendar for Instagram free membership to our Wingnut Social Premium Facebook group for members only. We can go in there and ask more technical deep dive questions if you have issues in your social media and your marketing, your Instagram or what have you there. And let's see, for example, this Friday we're having, or is it this Friday? It's this Thursday, actually. As I'm recording this, we're having our first mastermind session for Wingnut Premium members that we're holding within that Facebook group. So you guys, check out wingnutpremium.com. I'm looking forward to having you join us. We have a great group so far. All right, that's it for this episode. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on whatever the hell you're listening to this podcast on. Check us out on social at wingnutsocial. Wingnutsocial.com is where we all live. Remember to get out there, get uncomfortable, and be great. We'll see you next week. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only the first step into accelerating your business the Wingnut way. Head on over to wingnutsocial.com to see how we can help you take your business from social mediocre to social media master. My dogs are barking. And that doesn't mean my feet hurt. That means my literal dogs. (laughs) No clue what I was going to (laughs) say. No freaking clue what I was going to say. I remembered what I had to say. I'm telling you, menopause is a... My memory is terrible. (laughs) Have you guys checked out wingnut in your butt? (laughs) Good boy, Mango.